Hello. Now, in the last episode on the podcast, we met Luke. So Luke Plowman was the Passive House consultant for the Outwards Passive House. And this is a family home located in Victoria. And Luke shared what uh, his role has been on this project and how uh, that's helped this project be able to be certified as a passive house. So in this episode, I'm so excited, we meet Stuart Lee of Craftsman Quality Builders. So Stuart is the builder for the Alwoods Passive House. And if you listen to my interview back uh, further towards the beginning of this part of uh, season eight with David, who is the client and the owner, you may actually recall that it was when they met Stuart that they actually got interested in making this home a passive house, not just a sustainable one, but actually stepping up to the passive house process and uh, and really dived into the whole thing. Now, Stuart is a fantastic advocate for the building industry. He really demonstrates uh, what quality building, client collaboration and teamwork looks like. Um, I just, I, uh, yeah, I just got such a buzz talking to Stuart because um, I get so excited when I can bring great professionals and builders to you and show you that they exist uh, so that you know to keep looking for them. Because as I say in this interview, when I show you that these people exist and we celebrate them and we shout their names from the rooftop and you can keep seeing what the gold standard is and what you need to wait for and ask for and demand from the people you're working with. That's how we weed out the sharks and the cowboys and the dodgy operators and we improve this industry for everyone involved. Okay, so, you know, even if you don't want to build or renovate a passive house, I really encourage you to listen to this episode and to learn what to look for when choosing your own builder. Stuart provides some great advice to support you in your selection and really shows you what what you can expect. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together, we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. Now, before I kick off the interview with Stuart, let me just tell you that this episode is brought to you by my online course, How to Get It Right in Your Reno or New Home. So this is a super fast course that will help you get efficient and strategic uh, for your renovation or building project in the best way possible. In it, I share my step-by-step system that I've used in over 250 projects, 20 plus years. Uh, It will ultimately help you save time, money and stress in your project so that you can know what you need to know to create a fantastic home for you and to do it simply and with confidence and really avoid the mistakes and the drama that a lot of people experience. Now you can join right now, jump right into the course, get access to a fantastic Facebook community, live Q&A sessions with me and all the tools and resources that you need to achieve success in your project. So head to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash how to get it right to learn more and to join us. So let me introduce to you Stuart Lee, who is a director at Craftsman Quality Builders. So Stuart is a builder, he's a qualified carpenter, and he's also a certified passive house tradesman and an accredited 
Green Living Builder. Now, Stuart has worked in the building industry for over 15 years and is very passionate about building energy efficient and passive house homes. He feels that the best way he can support the environment is to build homes that hug the land rather than sit on it. When Stuart learned of the Passive House Standard, and he talks about this in our interview about this experience of first hearing about Passive House, uh, he actually just then felt compelled to focus his business on implementing the key principles it uses. Stuart and the Craftsman Quality Builders team, they love what they do, which in turn infuses the structure with love and laughter. And Stuart believes that this is what makes their homes feel very special. And when I, uh, when I saw that in Stuart's bio, I just thought, it's actually really, it's actually really true. You know, so often I see homeowners um, when they have horrible renovating and building experiences, you know, they have terrible people on their team, whole process has been stressful and expensive and it actually taints the way that the house feels and the way they feel about the house. It, it really, it taints what should be an exciting, beautiful journey and an outcome with the scars of that experience. You know, I've seen people in groups, uh, Facebook groups that I'm in talk about the fact that, you know, they got through this whole process of that was, you know, of building or renovating their home and just found the whole experience so terrible in the end, they just had to sell it because all they did was look around and get reminded of just what how much drama and stress it was for them. So, but I'd never thought about it actually infusing the structure itself. And it is a bit woo woo, but I know when projects run well and happily, because I've seen so many of them, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that mistakes don't happen. And it doesn't mean that challenges won't have to be dealt with because we're dealing with emotions and we're dealing with a lot of money and we're dealing with human error. Um, but personally, I have felt the difference of a well-run project and site where teams do work well together and there's laughter and love and camaraderie. Uh, and how that compares to projects that are the opposite. So it's definitely something to strive for in your renovation or building project because there's an energy that comes from a great team working well together in a quality focused and committed way. And it can bring total joy to your life um, and to the home over the long term. So I think you'll really hear that in Stuart's own passion for what he does. And hopefully it inspires you to keep looking until you find your team uh, to support you in the same way for your home. So let's jump into my interview with Stuart Lee from Craftsman Quality Builders. So Stuart, thanks so much for joining me here. It's actually really fantastic to be speaking to you as the builder of the Alwoods Passive House. And I think you're going to be able to share a huge amount of insight with the UA community about uh, just how the builder's role is really important in making a passive house happen because what I've certainly learned is just the quality of the build is so crucial to the like the actual uh, end performance of the home. So um, I'm really, you know, grateful to be talking to you here today and I'm really excited to think about what we'll be sharing with the UA community. So I've been asking everybody this question. Uh, <laughs> what, is it, what does passive house actually mean to you? How do you describe it when people ask you what it is? What it means to me is I, I'm, I'm super passionate about passive house and anyone who talks to me about it understands that. Um, what it means for me, it was around the environment, um, wanting to have uh, build a home that that had as minimal environmental impact going forward um, as as I could. So, so when I learned about the passive house standard and and being able to save you know um, a lot of energy through it, I thought this is this is for me. I, I've got to I've got to build these houses. So. And this is where I'm at now, and that's all we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and so you touch on that idea of why you think, obviously, homeowners should build a passive house, that it is much lower energy use. What are some of the other reasons that you think it, it makes a really significant a significant and worthwhile difference to a home and why homeowners should consider it? 
Well, my first thoughts were the energy efficiency, but that's just a byproduct of of what a passive house actually is. So the passive house is built for comfort. That's what it was designed around, and having a home that that people could live in that's comfortable. You know, you, you, they're designed to stay between twenty and twenty five degrees, and with um, a relative humidity of around fifty to fifty five percent, and so. Dust mites can't grow. Um, you can have filters in the ventilation system. So if you if suffer from allergies, your home becomes a sanctuary. And um, and my main thing was was energy efficiency. That's that's why I went down it. And so for me, the byproduct is comfort. <laughs> but um, that's that's the the biggest thing is is a house that that's that's you've got control of the air. So so you can. Um, have the ability to heat and cool that with with um, minimal minimal um, uh, systems, and and so this is this is why I think that it's important that, that people look into it. And um, yeah, that's 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 my biggest thing was was um, comfort really. There's another one. So, and and you've become a certified passive house tradesperson, so you've done the course and 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 obviously made a commitment to doing that. What what mm-hmm. compelled you to actually bite the bullet, do the training, and go from just doing sort of eco and passive houses that couldn't necessarily be certified to actually being a certified passive house tradesperson? Well, I, I learned about passive house at a, um, a master builders green living conference. Um, the Claire Parry, um, who is really involved with passive house, um, she she was. Um, one of the leaders on the board at the time and um, and I saw her speak and she oh like I didn't know about passive house before that conference and and when Claire talked and and um, explained what it was I just thought this is for me I've, I've got to investigate this and the next thing there was a, a course a passive house tradesman's course in a couple of months so I signed up for that and and that's where I went and uh, it's it's been something that that I'm really grateful to have found because it's it really resonates with me for for what I want to be building and um and the the having the being airtight and everything and having the the tangible um reading that you get you know so you can you you, you do the airtightness and and it's testing testing how good you made the house and and the attention to detail is really important uh, for a passive house and and my team and I are really passionate about getting the houses as tight as possible and um, and being able to challenge ourselves and 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 to to get a really good reading that's another thing that that I love about it is it's it, it's actually known too so so you you have this it's a scientific um, program that, that that tells you whether you're going to be a certified passive house or not, and um, and so it's it's known, yeah, your energy consumption and everything's known um, due to those factors. So. Yeah, this is something that's been, been coming through really loud and clear is just the ability that the passive house, uh, the the actual data, the reporting system, the testing and measuring what that gives you in the ability to be able to predict the performance of the house whilst you're designing it and then to mm-hmm. be able to test that the construction of the house has been done appropriately according to those measurements and those predictions. And I think, you know, so much about building and renovating for homeowners is is just that lack of certainty, that, that you know, lack of assurance that they're going to be getting it right. And I mm-hmm. think this, this passive house actually offers a really unique opportunity to have that um, data collection, that reporting system happening right throughout the process 
Uh, and and I, you know, I'm certainly seeing that those who have uh, become committed to this as as professionals, both you know, in the building industry, design industry, consultants, those types of things, and the clients are incredibly passionate about <laughs> the role that passive house can play in the impact it can have on the environment and the quality of lifestyle and and in, in, yeah. an environment that it creates for for a homeowner. So it's um you know in terms of being a community like i think um i'm like i'm drinking the Kool-Aid you know it's a <laughs> it's a community that i i am really grateful to have found because yeah. yeah it's just it's extraordinary to see i do really see this becoming kind of the next big thing that um that it doesn't that i can't think of anything else in my career as an architect that not at a residential level, at a commercial level, yes, but not at a residential level that really gives you that ability to test, predict, measure, and mm. and um, and then report the performance of something in the way that this does for homes. So it's quite extraordinary, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So it's the it's the process is quite um, involved. So you've got to when a designer designs a house to be passive house, it has to be run through a program called the PHPP, which is the Passive House Passive House Property Planner, I believe. Someone's probably going to pull me up on that. That's probably not right. <laughs> but anyway. um, and anyway, that that's the software that, that actually all the house gets entered into that. Um, I don't know how because I don't use it, but um, it gets modelled and then that tells you whether the house will be able to be certified or not. So once you have the designer run those figures – or you can have a consultant, so you can have an architect. Um, so Talina, who did um, the Al Woods house, she wasn't a certified designer at the start. However, so we, we employed a um, consultant then, um, Luke Plowman, to, to run the figures. But it is then checked by another um, certifier. So it has to go from the designer to a certifier. They have to then model the house again. And then it then goes to Germany to get modelled again to make sure that it does meet where it has to be. So it's taking the human error factor out of it because, you know, we do all make mistakes and we see the same mistakes over and over again. And it takes another set of eyes in order to be able to um, check, recheck those workings. So, so you know, you're guaranteed virtually at the end that the house is going to perform at the way that it's designed to. And, you know, with the with the um, the way that we have to take photos of all the material that's delivered, send in all the delivery dockets, um, it has to be proven that it's been built to the design. And so you guaranteed the homeowner, I guess, is guaranteed that the house will perform the way it's meant to. And and I think that that's really important um, because I I don't think there's any other standard well there probably is but not not in australia anyway there's no like the the energy the five star energy rating or six star whatever it's got to be that's only on paper it's not it's not checked you know insulation is not checked anything like that it's just taking someone's word for it basically and so with passive house it, it's it's all checked and double checked and <laughs> it's it's known so and so obviously that, you know, my next question was going to be how different is it building a passive house to building a mainstream residential home? You've spoken about some of those audits and checks along the way. Are you finding, I mean, I can imagine as a builder, it requires you to perform to a quite a different standard in terms of your administrative levels, your systems, 
um, that may, perhaps the construction detailing that you're using. Can you just touch on yes. some of those things in terms of explaining to a homeowner? Because um, I can hear a homeowner going, wow, I could actually know that I'm getting what I'm paying for if, mm-hmm. if my builder is going to be audited at that level. Um, what are some of the other things that you're having to do that you wouldn't ordinarily do in a, in a residential home? So attention to detail is probably the biggest thing um, and, and having really well detailed plans. So um, that's that's probably like there, there is more work involved. Yes. Um, you know, the, the biggest thing that does come up that I have found is, is cost and, and people want to know, you know, is it going to cost more? Yeah, it is going to cost more than you. But you, what are you comparing it to? That's that's the problem. If you got to compare apples with apples, and and what we're doing is, for what you get, it is sort of not more expensive because it's just the time that it takes, the materials that are going in. But then, when you when you base base the the life span of the home, and 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 I believe that it's sixty years, which is what the passive house. Um, standard wants to wants to deliver is is for a 60 year period you you look at the cost over that period and you know pays for itself very quickly but what we have to do is there's a few more things so so air tightness is stepped up so we have to uh, wrap wrap the home really well and tape and seal windows and and um depending on where what wall systems used you know there's a few different ways to do it but um there can be more material involved we have better performing windows and greater insulation. So, so with all those combined, that can bump up the price. Not not a huge amount, um, depending on design. <laughs> so it's you know it can be it can be done more um, budget conscious than not, um, or you can go as as wild as you like. <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's just, that, it's just detail. Is Sorry. that the kind of stuff that you learn in your – because obviously when you're doing your tradesperson certification through Passive House, mm-hmm. you mentioned that you don't know how to learn – you don't know how to operate the software. So, obviously, they're teaching you slightly different content than what they might be teaching the consultant certification. Yeah. Are you learning all of those systems and processes um, in terms of having to photograph everything, having to send all the dockets in, all of those types of things? Is that part of the – training that you're getting and then do you get sort of checklists of all of the things that you need to be doing as part of your passive house responsibility um you do learn those things um it's been a few years since i did the course so it's just through experience that i have um worked out some of the other details of building the house um you learn you just learn about you know thermal bridging and and all the elements involved with the passive house you don't actually the course didn't really teach you how to implement those things, though. Uh, for me, it just came second nature, um, and because I'm a very detailed person anyway, so so that was good um, for me that that we learned that way. And and plus the team that I have, they're very detailed as well, so that was good. But with the course, um, so the the PHPP software and everything, that's more on a design level. Um, but for a tradesman, it's just it's just understanding understanding uh, the implication if something's changed or or yeah seeing understanding what's going to happen if you don't implement a certain thing at a certain time so so it's basically experience is probably the best way to um to learn passive house unfortunately um you you you, because there's so many different ways you can do it 
I guess. So, um, yeah. It is a it is a system, isn't it? It's that thing of, um, you know, when I was chatting to Talena, she said, you know, when people sort of say, oh, look, can I, you know, perhaps uh, this is beyond my budget, I might just do the double glazing. And it's like, well, if you're going to do the double glazing, you might as well then make sure that the, the seal is done properly around the windows. And then if you're going to do the seal, then you might as well do the thermal bridging and, you know, all of this type, it mm-hmm. sort of becomes this snowball effect of the fact that, um, it doesn't really work unless the whole system is working together and you're approaching it in a comprehensive way. And so I can imagine that during construction when things might change, you know, details yeah. might not necessarily, particularly in a renovation project, for example, details might not be what you mm-hmm. anticipate and or you might not be able to source a spe- specific material or something like that and you do have to make those decisions and choices that the knowledge that you would have as a passive house tradesperson of understanding the then flow on effect of um, that. I, I always tell, um, you know, my feeling is that the, the great quality builders generally, they have fantastic systems, they have that great attention yep. to detail, and they're, they're really good at proactively planning, at forward planning and understanding that flow on effect. They don't just make decisions in the moment, they understand mm-hmm. that that decision is going to mean another 12 decisions potentially or even more, you know, one month, two months, three months down the track, and then in the lifespan yep. of the home. So I think that that's great that. Uh, um, you talk about that that need for experience, the need for training, and also understanding the building building as an overall system, and how passive house is so critical, critically reliant on the performance of the system. So, yeah, your definitely. your role in in our woods is um, passive house is one that we definitely encourage in Undercover Architect, and that's as a collaborative partner brought yeah. very early in. Can you talk to me? Because I, from what I understand from Talena, it was actually you that said, hey, how about we make this a passive house and started this whole adventure for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you, you know, how did you become involved? Is that the kind of role that you ordinarily play? What do you see the value of being that collaborative partner is right up front for homeowners that might be delaying bringing their builder on board? You know, what would you say to yeah. them in terms of, being, of thinking about that and how it worked for you in our woods? For me, I think it's really important um, to be involved right from the start. Um, the the way that people come across me and and our work is is through word of mouth and and understanding that you know the houses this is the type of house you they want and they want us to build it basically. So so if you find a builder that you really uh, resonate with and and um, you want to build your house, I think that it's really important to get them involved early on. Um, the, the, the Our Woods, that was a collaborative um, effort, as you say. So it wasn't just me that, that sort of pushed, not pushed Passive House, but, but um, gave them the idea of Passive House. I did, I probably did start talking about it and the way that I get lit up around it, that's <laughs> what I think, that's what um, Your passion is the contagious, journey. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> prompted the journey and, and and everyone said, well, why not? And and as you touched on earlier, you can't half do it because well, you can, but you just don't know. So so the thing is that it is, it is a complete system. And so you can do more insulation, but without doing a vapour barrier, you know, there's where's that moisture going to go? And and then if you do a vapour barrier, you've got to put mechanical ventilation in because you need air, fresh air all the time. So, so yeah, it is, it is a, you've got to do it all together basically. Um, and then, then if you're going to implement the principles, the way that I've found the few jobs that I've been involved with that, that are wanting to only just do the principles because they didn't 
that weren't feeling to go the whole passive route, passive house route. Then once the house was modelled, they realised that it was very close to being certified. So people go, well, if it's so close, why don't we just go the whole way? And and I'm, I'm really grateful that people decide to go, yeah, we're going to do the whole thing because then, then at the end of the day, you're going to walk away from the house knowing what your consumption is going to be, and and it will be like that for forever. And so, um, that's just that's just where I've landed. Oh, sorry, back to yeah. Uh, I get I get off on a bit of a tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> um, but back to back to working with the builder um, with through through the design process. I think that that's super important because um, you know architects and designers they're not builders. Builders are not architects, and and you know working with the homeowner as well for for what they want. I think that with the group effort, you can be able to deliver a house within the, the desired budget. And not take it out to tender tender phase and get three or four different prices in and wondering why they're all so different. If you, I think that you know if you've got a builder that you really love and you can work together, you're honest, you're all open and honest. Because basically the passive house in our woods that was an open book like quoting process, you know. And I'm happy to do that because it costs what it costs, you know. I'm not not trying to hide anything to anyone, you know. This is this is how it is. So if you've got someone you can trust and you work with like that, I think that it's great that you can all be involved. And, and a lot of the projects and other architects that I'm working with currently uh, aligned to the same way that you're speaking, that, that we need to all work together to, to create something that people can not only afford but, but want to be in as well. Yeah, I, you know, it's just fantastic to hear you talk that way about the process of supporting I mean ultimately supports the client in a in in a really special way through the project and what I've experienced from meeting each of you um, as a member of the Alwoods Passive House team is just the team cohesiveness which Mm -hmm. has been able to be developed obviously through this collaborative relationship that started back at the design phase and so you know for homeowners that are thinking about this whether they're building or renovating um, I think you can hear um, from the way that Stuart's speaking is just the value that each role has in the team, the level of respect and and um, for each other's skills, and what then happens in terms of you, Stuart, and the role that you can play in the construction because you're not undermining the design. You're not you you know that what the client has asked for. You know the conversations that have occurred. You know the compromises or the choices that have been made. So it doesn't get derailed mm. at that process, you know. It's mm. and and so the client's not having to be the one fighting for their home the whole time. They've got this supportive team who are on all on the same page and have understood what it's taken to get here. And and yep. now they just want to get what they're paying for and what they've dreamed about all this time, you know. So it's mm. I think that um, it's such a great lesson for just how well this process can work just as a side note do you actually charge to come I've got I know lots of builders do that's a very small fee that is very usually nowhere near the time that they actually give in terms of the quoting and that collaboration Um, but what it does is obviously just then has put skin in the game it's a commitment and it means that there's some value exchange for what's being done do you charge for that initial quoting and for being part of the design team um at this stage I haven't but I but going forward I am going to and because you know we've got to everyone's time is valuable and you've got to be reimbursed for your time. However, the way that I'm going to approach it is is that um, that time will be a, a lump sum sort of payment worked out, and then once the project goes ahead, that'll be absorbed within the contract price. 
And if they don't decide to use me as a builder, um, then then I get reimbursed for your time. And obviously, it's not a hundred percent of your time, but that's okay. You know, like yeah, my biggest thing is to is to like um, give people greater knowledge in the building industry too. So so if they do, they decide not to use me, then that's fine. I know that something else will come along, but. Um, so I'm just wanting to give more people more as much information as they can to make the, the best decision possible for, for them and their, their house. Yeah, so. that's awesome. And I think that it's something that is worthwhile for homeowners to understand is that I'm seeing more and more builders doing this, wanting to be mm-hmm. part of the design process, understanding the value of their involvement very early on. Um, you know, architects don't always, um, you know, know all of the ins and outs of construction. They don't know all the options of construction as yep. well. Um, builders will have specific ways of doing thing that work, doing things that work for their systems and their staff and um, their team. And so, to be able to bring in that constructible constructability knowledge early on um, mm. means that you actually create a buildable home. And I think that for a builder to be paid in some way, shape, or form for that time, what it, that enables a builder to do is go, okay, I can actually, I'm not doing this from my kitchen table at ten o'clock at night. I can actually yeah. have a couple of hours in the office where I can send out and get this properly quoted, you get a very detailed quote then from a builder rather than just a one-line item on a letter. And it it just means that everybody's building respect um, and regard for each other's value that they bring. So I think that that's great. And I think too it's also worthwhile you saying that, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that it will always go through. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it does give the homeowner still always has the option to to terminate and decide to go with somebody else. I think that... You want to know, don't you, before you start construction, whether a builder's a good fit for you or not, rather than during construction, don't you? So. Well, you've both got to qualify. You've both got to qualify. It's um, you got to feel. You you just got to feel who if you can work together, you know. Um, and everyone's got different different um, uh, personalities and everything, and it's just some people are a match, some people aren't. So I think that it's it's important to go through a process to to understand whether you are a match or not. And, and you know, that goes both ways. You know, that's the client and the builder. And and if you both don't think that you can work together, then then I think that's important not to just um, go forward really. But the other thing about working with a builder um, early on too is is the element of surprise is taken out. So so if things on site come up, you know, less, less there's, there's less – a chance of massive variations coming in and everything like that. And the, the biggest variation that will come in is, is if a client decides to change their mind and that's okay. Like anything can be done. Um, but yeah, with, with a, often with a set of plans that you just go out for tender, there can be some really, some real gray areas and, and depends how, um, how it's, it, it's detailed and everything like that. So, so you know, sometimes there's there's an honest way of pricing, and sometimes there's a dishonest way of pricing. <laughs> so it depends on the builder, and and I'm on the honest way. Yeah. But um, you know, some people want to go in and know that there's going to be areas to to hit with variations, and and um, I think that if you work with a builder prior to that, then you can alleviate some of those you unknowns. Flush all that out, can't you? Yeah. yeah, and you can also get on a builder's timeline. Like I can imagine you're a pretty busy in demand guy, so. Um, you know, so I think that then for you to know, okay, well, this is where this project is at. So I'm going to put a window in my calendar. So I know that we can keep things moving and this person doesn't have Mm. to wait six months till I'm ready to start. So, you know, I really, um, yeah, I think that the, I'm hoping that this is a, a big shift in the industry as well, that there's much more 
um, collaborative approach. There's a lot of um, a lot of architects who are anti-builders and designers who are anti-builders, and there's a lot of builders who are anti-architects and designers. And uh, <laughs> and I think that um, I think that uh, we just uh, we work best when we work together as a team. That's when yeah. we deliver the best to the client. And, you know, for me, Undercover Architect was always about helping the client and the homeowner get the best from this process. And so, yeah, I think it's really great to be talking about this. So, um, yeah. uh, so, uh, to, so that obviously that collaboration was super important in Alwood's Passive House. Um, and you are obviously able to give then the, the client an understanding of cost along the way, help them see where their decisions were going to be more expensive, whether they wanted to compromise, do those types of things. Yeah. The feedback that I always get when people say, oh, look, I spoke to a builder, I want to do a, no, when they're just saying I want to do a sustainable home and the builder immediately says it's going to be more expensive. You touched on it before, it can be a bit more expensive, but there's obviously that Mm -hmm. trade-off with the life of the home. How, you know, down to the nuts and bolts of it, is is somebody going to actually have to find an extra, you know, 50K, 100K, like, you know, 10, 20%, like, what are we, you know, I know it's tricky, but because it's a, how yeah. long is a piece of string sort of thing, but yeah. is this a, is it just available for people who have premium budgets or is it something that can be done at a more affordable level for people? Yeah, look, that, you're right. It is how long is a piece of string, but at the same time, it's um, anything can be built. Uh, it's just, if you've got a set budget in mind, you might have to just compromise on size. So that's the thing, that, that's the biggest thing that I've been finding is that um, our Australian mentality is big is better, which which is not right. Um, I'm a massive hypocrite, by the way. I'm going to be building a huge home, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the only one doing that, though. So there's a few more people involved with that one. But anyway. Um, and it will be but- a passive house? Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yep. so it's um, but it's it's not it's not an architectural one, mind you. So it's just a big rectangle because I've got to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, so that's your trade-off. You've gone big, but you've gone you've gone less on the articulation of form, less on the detailing. Obviously, it's more going to be a very simple container rather than perhaps yeah. like the Our Woods home, which is a, you know, set of pavilions and, you know, come, yep. that comes with it because of the floor-to-wall ratio that's mm-hmm. going to come with additional costs. So, it does. yeah, so yeah. you can obviously it's either a trade-off in size or a trade-off in those features and detail and all of that type of thing. So That's right. So another a friend of mine um, who I did the Passive House course with, he's another good builder, um, he, a Passive House builder too, he worked out. He he built his own house and um and built it to a standard that was comparable to to sort of um average houses. I remember cats out. Is that a pussy cat outside? Wanted to get inside anyway. Um, and and he worked out the figures. It was roughly about ten to fifteen percent was was the the added cost. Um, if you were to, and he was comparing like for like in that one. Um, whereas for me, a lot of my stuff hasn't been, um, uh, hasn't been standard sort of housing. Like it's always custom built. So, so to understand like for like, it, I, I didn't, I don't have that comparison. Um, but I know that the, the 15% won't be relative with a higher scope. Like, so if you, if you're already a, a high end architectural build, um, 
the you know 15% that's that's huge money and and that's not necessarily going to be the right for passive house and and as I touched on earlier it was it was wall systems can be simplified and everything like that so but it, but as a rough guide i reckon we could say 15% would be would be where we need to aim for yeah yeah and Extra. for me for me i think that possibly because I can see that the the ventilation system, the extraction and ventilation system, would pretty much compensate for air conditioning that you'd be putting in the home. So if you're planning on having either split systems or something like that, does it end up kind of those those two costs would cancel each other out, or would the ventilation? No, not really. So so mechanical ventilation is only designed to give you clean fresh air all the time. It doesn't actually. It it's, it goes through a heat recovery process. Um, so you're not replacing cold with hot and hot with cold, basically. Um, but it's not it's not actually designed to be a heating or cooling element. It, it's only designed for clean fresh air all the time. So uh, yep, yeah, no, I get that. Not, I get that. What I'm what I was more sorry? referring to was the cost of the systems. So if you're getting obviously all the thermal settings of your house done with the insulation and the air tightness and the thermal bridging mm. and all that kind of stuff so that you can maintain that indoor air temperature and then you're putting mm. in that, that mechanical ventilation system rather than you doing a standard house with basic insulation and a fully ducted air conditioning system, uh, I, okay. for I'll me I can yep. see that there wouldn't be a huge variance I don't think in the, in the cost between those two choices. Is that that's right? So, so this, yeah, you're right. Yeah, absolutely correct there. Um, because the systems that that are used are far smaller. That like, say, you do need additional heating and cooling, like like that that does need to happen. But what you would typically need on a on a big house, so you're going to have potentially you have a ducted heating system and a ducted cooling system, you know, and and what are they, fifteen grand each or something like that potentially. So. You could put that money. You can put that money into air tightness, heat recovery, and then you still need a like you'd probably get away with a, a five kilowatt system or something that that's three grand or whatever, or four four thousand. I don't know, but um, it, there is there is there is offsets, um, as you say, and you know we we got a quote for another job um, that that from a standard HVAC supplier to say that. Their, their cooling system, because um, the client wanted a, a just really discreet system with bulkheads and everything like that, um, it was going to be thirty-five grand just for the cooling system. And so, you know, I said to him, "Why don't we just put that thirty-five thousand dollars into the insulation and air tightness?" And yeah, you're right. Like it does, it does. And you, we will put five grand into a heating and cooling system. You know, so yeah. so there is a, there is an offset there. Absolutely. Yeah, I do see because I think that people they look at that flat cost too of the you know I, I mean from from my what I see most ducted air conditioning systems costing is sort of anywhere between fifteen and thirty thousand dollars as you say depending on mm-hmm. the level of then um, the way that they're hidden inside the home. Um, and of course, then you're looking at, um, then the running costs of those things and electricity bills that end up being between two and two and a half grand a quarter to run that, um, Mm -hmm. particularly if you've got a house that then isn't thermally going to keep that air (laughs) in, you know, so, you know, you're going to pump all this hot air or pump all this cold air in and it's just going to dissipate because you don't have an airtight home or an insulated home. So where I see the big cost difference um, that is from my conversations with Passive House community and from just my own research is in that glazing choice. And I think that Australia is probably lagging quite considerably in that we still do use single glazing 
for <laughs> for most hot projects and and so yeah. that's our base comparison whereas you go to a lot of other countries that have similar climate variations as we do and double mm-hmm. glazing is their base comparative so mm. to then do double glazing or triple glazing in a passive house isn't a big step up whereas for Australians who are used to doing single glazing um, and having just these sieves of of glass that let heat in and out very very easily to then mm. make the choice to go to double or triple glazing is a big jump i can see that there's a you know and we do like our big sheets of glass with our big indoor outdoor connections as well and not everybody yep. always worries about which direction they're facing so it's um yep. you know i think that obviously there's that decision making if you can get the designer in um running it through and you're looking at doing a passive house um, modeling system and looking at that and bringing the builder in early and comparing those choices of double glazing, triple glazing, you know, and wanting to mm-hmm. understand the difference. Then, you know, we had Tracy Gramlick, who's the CEO of the Australian Window Association, on the podcast a little while ago, okay. and she was imploring everybody to do double glazing just as a standard, you know. So it's, um, it is, I think, one of those things that's going to be really interesting to see what the residential construction industry does moving forward and whether we do lift yep. the game generally so that there's a new base level for, for what performance actually means in a home. So, But just on that, the glazing isn't the be-all and end-all, though, of, of where our houses are getting let down, I don't think. Um, it's, the glazing's up there. Um, however, draft ceiling probably would be one of the most important things Um, because if you don't have control of the air in your home, how are you going to be able to heat and cool that at a, at a rate that's not astronomical? Um, You know, the house that that I'm going to be renovating was an old seventies house, you know, it's a typical Australian house. And, and we burnt, we burnt over 12 tons of wood one year and we kept one room warm, you know, and this is, and that was for like three months. It was ridiculous. And, and that's because the, the the heat just went straight outside, and and obviously with it being leaky, when that fireplace was roaring, it's it's sucking in all the cold air from everywhere else, and and this is this is the problem that that we um, we're trying to deal with the treat the symptoms and not the cause, and and so you know people putting bigger fires in and everything like that to try and get the place warmer, whereas you needed to start sealing up a bit better. Um, then it'd be better. So just that, just based on that, but so that was a 200 square meter home that I burnt about 12 tons of wood one year to keep <laughs> to keep to keep um, warm one room. Now, if that was a passive house, I would only have to have burnt 600 kilos of wood to wow. be able to keep that at 25 degrees. That is a that's, big difference, isn't it? That's the difference. Yeah, 200 square meter home, so you need it's about three kilos of wood per square meter per annum. So that's the heating load that I would have need to have burnt to keep that at the level that it needs at 25 degrees and that house was not 25 degrees (laughs) one room was so you were 40 degrees in front of the fireplace and everywhere else was 12 (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) it was crazy yeah we had a newborn newborn son and everything and oh it was horrendous so anyway but that's that's not uncommon you know that's that's australia that is we're so far behind it's crazy but so glazing glazing is super important I, i i agree with you there however i think that there's some other things that that can be addressed prior to that like say if people are looking at renovating their home and and everything i think that find this find the leaks first and and maybe block them up and then and then check your insulation and then move on to your windows so you know they're they're a bit higher on the pyramid than than everyone might think 
Awesome. No, that's great advice. So now are you only building passive homes these days? You mentioned that you've got some people who get close and then they decide to go the whole hog when they realize that they're that close. Is that is that now your sort of benchmark? You want to just be building passive homes? I'd like to, yeah, yeah, because you can't unknow it. <laughs> you know, you can't unknow something. And and now that I know what what works, it works for me anyway. It might not work for everyone because people are different, and that's okay. Um, but it really works for me. And and so, if people are drawn to get me to build their house, they obviously want a passive house because that's that's what I'm really passionate about. And as long as I can implement the the principles, it doesn't necessarily have to be uh, certified. So uh, the principles are really important. And and for the biggest one, as as I've mentioned, was air tightness, uh, air tightness and heat recovery. I think that if you can implement that, your home would be far more comfortable than what you would ever experienced. And and even though if you still use your standard two point five wall bats or anything like that, so if you know if you can if you can make it airtight and and have mechanical ventilation there's no point putting mechanical ventilation if you don't have it airtight otherwise it's not doing its job but but i think that that one in itself is is um probably the best way to to have a a far more comfortable home than what anyone would be used to um in australia anyway at the moment but so passive houses is where the the next what four houses or something I've got coming up, they're all they're all passive house. So. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. And and are you seeing we touched on this earlier, but for me, what I'm learning obviously about passive house is that it does it just demands a really high level of attention and detail that you pretty much want from any builder building your home. Yeah. You want that level of attention and detail and quality and that assurance that what is going into the house is what you've specified, that the detailing's being done as per what you would want. Because it all gets hidden obviously underneath the walls and the the lining mm-hmm. and you know, a lot of homeowners don't know how to kind of check that along the way and just have to trust that it's being done accurately. But obviously Passive House yeah. gives you the opportunity to have that properly reported and audited and measured. Do you Are you yeah. seeing that homeowners are feeling, you know, that's one of the reasons? It's, uh, I, you know, from what I've been seeing is, and talking to Passive House community, there's a definite commitment to the fact that this is good not only for people but for the planet. There's, you know, there's yep. an environmental passion as much as this being about comfortable homes. Where I see a huge opportunity is homeowners understanding that this is a way to be sure you're getting what you're paying for. Do you yep. do you see that just being a, a a lovely fringe benefit, or are you saying that homeowners are really responding to that? I suppose and really um really enjoying that part of the process. Um, not necessarily, because I don't think the majority of um, people who I've worked with anyway in as a passive house homeowner or potential homeowner understand the strict criteria that we have to abide by. Um, I think that they appreciate that, that you know, it does get all modelled and, and it will become a passive house, but I don't think they understand what's involved to get there. And, um, and I, like, you, I don't think you'd have to be a certified tradesman passive house tradesmen in order to build one i think that if you're just a detailed builder and and a very good builder that 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 wouldn't you know you'd be able to build a passive house anyway and follow the plans but so um doing the 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 checks and everything like that i don't think at this stage i've had any understanding that that a homeowner is is more is is wanting us to build them a house based on that 
um yeah it's just just they want a passive house and and just go and do it (laughs) so so um i i like to challenge myself with you know particularly with the with the air tightness and everything like that and and um you know because we've got some pretty pretty outstanding results in the past and and um and so yeah just you, you you don't need to i think think the checks and that are important but um yeah I'm getting lost again. No, I just, I think that it's, um, (laughs) (laughs) no, I think that it's interesting, isn't it? Because yeah, for me, that's been the thing that's jumped out. It's been, it's been, holy cow, here is an actual data driven system that enables Mm. you, like we were saying, to test the design, to check that it's going to like actually predict the performance of the home thermally, um, whilst you're being at whilst you're designing it you know you bring in a builder who's then going to help you work collaboratively to ensure that the cost is in alignment with the design they come on board as as a team member and then they build this house and then they've got a bunch of hoops to jump through and it's it's over and above what um the building code requires of you what Mm. um you know the the certification or the permitting process requires of you you know standard homes do have those checks and balances where the certifier will come in and look at things or the structural engineer will come in and look at things. So that's all still occurring, obviously, in a passive house because that's, yeah. you know, according to the local codes. But then there's this whole thing like your blower test and all of those types of things where you actually have to demonstrate that, you know, this the house is going to hold air, that the house is going to keep the temperature, yeah. all of those kinds of, yeah. you know, sort of um, the proof, I suppose, that it's being delivered. So, yeah, it's um, it's interesting because I, I'm actually curious to see whether people go, well, it's nice that I'm going to make a difference to the environment, but I love the fact that I'm not going to have any expensive electricity bills. I love the fact that I'm going to be able to not have um, a house with mould um, or dust. Mm. And I love that I know mm-hmm. that the builder is going to have to jump through all of these hopes and, and by, yep. by necessity be a, have a higher level of attention to detail potentially mm-hmm. than, um, than I might expect from another builder. So I can see that it just demands a level of performance um, that, um, you know, Undercover Architects always been about educating homeowners so that they know the questions to ask, they know how to demand better from yeah. the people that they're working with. To me, this puts a system in place and says, hey, it's there. <laughs> it's yeah. there. So, it's yeah. Re- yeah, I find it really fascinating to see what, what, the, what the, I think obviously now all the adopters are, they seem to me to be people who've lived in houses in Europe that mm-hmm. just perform better than Australian homes and they've come back and gone, it's ridiculous that we ha- that our homes have to be so cold <laughs> in winter or they have to be so hot in summer. Um, yeah. You know, we want to renovate or build um, and do differently. So, you know, I'm thinking of Cameron Munro and, and David the clone on um, and Yvonne or the clients on Alwood's Passive House and yeah. the other clients that I've seen. And, yeah. and there, there's also that environmental, it's in alignment with their values and beliefs generally about their role mm-hmm. and purpose and in the planet. Um, but yeah, I'm really curious to see what happens for people in terms of their uptake of it. So um, yeah, well, it's 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 gaining huge momentum. Um, that's how I feel. Like I I started a few years ago now, and and since uh, since I didn't know about it, you know, I didn't know about passive house until I saw Claire talk, and then uh, emailed the designer, like did the course, and emailed the designer, and built my first one, and it's just like taken off since then and you know there was only 10 9 or 10 in victoria in australia uh when i when i first built that house and and now i've got two under my belt and then i've got four more in the pipeline and and you know i've no other builders that have that have built 
passive houses and they've got more coming up. So it's just the, the knowledge, you know, like people, you don't know what you don't know. And so um, I think that, that the momentum is, is, is just taking, taking shape and like just going, going like full steam ahead right now. And um, I think it's great. I, I really, I really love it. Like I, I hope that more people become involved and, and um, you know, I'd love for it to be a standard. You know, I think that that's something that that would be really important for for people and just people in general to to have this as a as a as a standard because you know just based on the the air the the um, energy rating like I've never seen a, a passive house over seven stars so you can just see where that energy rating is lacking um, the the star rating system I should say is lacking so um, you know. Uh, oh, you've never seen a that, standard home over seven stars? Is that what you mean? Or I've never seen a passive house under passive seven house, stars. Over seven stars, so seven point four stars, I believe. That's so with the energy rating system. Oh, okay. Um, oh, I get that, what you the, mean. The, the, so you've, na- you've the, never sorry. seen it. You've never seen it rate higher than seven point four no, stars. Yet no, you know so that it's actually out of the ballpark in terms of what it can be do. Yeah, well above and beyond what that. Isn't that interesting? Uh, what a ten star home, let's say, could be because of the way that the the software that, that tells you what every star rating your home's going to be, gotcha. you know, has has very limited information to put in there. So, yep. so it's just so if people are looking at you know I want a ten star home, just might want to look at what that actually means. Yeah, got a passive house <laughs> so, instead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the other thing that strikes me about the passive house community and and my you know what I've been learning about um, about it and and all of you in the beautiful mm-hmm. conversations I've been having is that. There is this sheer passion and commitment to this being the future of housing and being a much better alternative for people and for the planet. And there's this rising tide floats all boats approach. There's not this um, undercutting competitive, they're doing a crap Mm. job, you need to come with me, um, animosity that I can see in lots of other parts of the industry. And, And instead it's this, hey, we're all on the same page, we're all trying to actually make a difference to homeowners, to housing, to the standard of living, to the standard of building. And yep. and so it is, it's this lovely um, community that, you know, I was saying to Talina to have, for her to have started this journey just designing and then learning obviously to uh, getting her certification, she's basically been able to join this community of really supportive, like-minded people. And so I think for any yeah. industry professionals that are out there that might be interested in this um and it's starting to you know the ideas of it are starting to resonate i think it is a really incredible community to to become part of um and for homeowners to see that yeah it is it's this it's this desire to advance the future of housing it's not about i need the next job so that person you know i need to tell you that that person's not great you know it's it's um yeah i think it's i think that's something that the passive house community need to be really proud of um, yeah. because it is, it's just, you're, you're all values based. That's what I'm noticing. You're all values based okay. and you're all really committed and, um, to what you really fundamentally believe in about the difference these homes make for people and for the planet. Mm. And so I think it's, um, yeah, I think that's really exciting in terms of, of what that offers the homeowners in the future of the way that we build and renovate in Australia. So, and well, around the, the world keeping... actually. Yeah. What's the point of keeping knowledge to yourself? That's the way. That's <laughs> that's my thing. <laughs> you know, it doesn't like I know I'm going to have enough work for the rest of my working career, and that's fine. And so, what what I can share with other builders or other people to to help them. 
build a better home and and for for people then i'm more than happy to share that you know like what why keep it a secret you know yeah <laughs> well my, my so last good. question was going to be how do you generally suggest people work with their builder to get a great result i think you've given us a really great insight and you know listeners um and people watching this video i really encourage you to see so so often I see homeowners just settle. They just settle for what they're being given because they don't feel they have a voice. They don't feel that they can speak up. They feel like it's just going to be a disaster anyway and they're just going to, you know, hunker down and deal with it. Chatting to Stuart and, you know, the UI community is trying to introduce people to more and more of, you know, this gold standard of what we can expect and what we should expect from the people that we work with. And what I love, Stuart, is seeing just how generous you are um, how how knowledgeable and 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 also how much you want to share that knowledge and uh, just the I can see the critical role that you've played in being able to bring the Arwoods Passive House to life in supporting Talina and um, and Luke and and David and Yvonne in making this home happen and uh, yeah I can't thank you enough for sharing your time with us uh, on the podcast as well today it's just been really great to be able to meet you and to talk to you about Passive House and Passive House building. Well, thank you very much. I started to get a bit emotional. Ah. Was, uh, <laughs> quite touching. <laughs> but uh, no, it's great. And, and I really appreciate you wanting to um, be involved with it and, and be able to, yeah, hopefully spread that knowledge even further. So thanks, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Pleasure. Wasn't that fantastic? I, um, I just loved meeting Stuart. It was, I'm finding that uh, as I'm learning more and more about Passive House and the Passive House professional community, uh, I just keep finding awesome, awesome people and um, generous, clever people who are really passionate about what they do. It's this rising tide floats all boats um, approach to things that we spoke about. This, um, It's not competitive. It's, it's actually they've got such bigger visions for what they do that they know that the more that they educate and inform and support you, um, whether you work with them or not, then the more it will improve things overall for everyone involved. So um, I hope you enjoyed meeting Stuart as well. Make sure that you head to the show notes. I've got links there to Stuart's website. It's got lots of great resources on it uh, where you can learn more about Passive House. And uh, and by all means, get in touch with Stuart and tell him how much you enjoyed the episode. If you did, um, I know he'd love to hear from you. Now, in the next episode, um, we're going to be talking with uh, with Claire Parry. So Claire Parry's from Grun Consulting and Stuart actually mentioned her as the person that inspired him to uh, learn more about Passive House and to start implementing it in his projects and to get his certification. So Claire, when you, when you mention Australian Passive House, um, when you talk about Passive House in the Australian environment, uh, and the Australian industry, Claire Parry's name is pretty much the next thing that comes up. So I'm I'm just so looking forward to being able to bring her to you on the podcast because uh, she also shares a wealth of experience and information and knowledge, and um, and she's got some great tips and insights for you as well. Now. As I said, head to the show notes. You can grab links there. You can also check out uh, the links to the floor plans if you haven't checked those out for the the Alwoods Passive House project and see more information about it. And remember, please share this podcast with any friends, family, colleagues, anyone you know uh, who might be planning to build or renovate their home and need some extra support to really get it right, uh, particularly if they're trying to learn how to do it sustainably and in an energy efficient way, okay, because there's just 
so much goodness being packed into these episodes. It really excites me to see how powerful this is going to be for you as a homeowner to get a really great result for your project. Now, if you'd like personal knowledge, support and guidance for creating your future home, remember to check out my online course, How to Get It Right in Your Reno or New Home. It's a seriously powerful way to get informed and educated for your project in a super fast and efficient way and whether you know you're very early in your planning or you're really trying to take action and move it forward or perhaps you've even started designing working with your designer or having a go yourself um, then it's a really good time to join. One of the fantastic things that I see happen for members who do the How to Get It Right course is just the shift that happens in their own personal confidence uh, about how they can have a voice in their projects and how they can be advocates for what they want in their homes. And because they learn, you know, the building and renovating industry is packed full of terminology. Uh, it's often male dominated. So particularly if you're a female homeowner trying to tackle this, um, you can feel like you're not really being listened to or not being really paid attention to. And so what I find that this course does is it enables homeowners to realize that they can have a voice that that it almost gives them permission to speak up and to really be the driver of their projects to be in control and know that they then know the questions they need to ask the uh, problems they need to solve the type of team that they need to pull together and what they need to do in order to make their project happen and to make it happen as efficiently strategically you know, beautifully as possible. And, uh, you know, I've had a few members tell me that when they've, uh, you know, they've done the course and then they've headed out on um, starting to find professionals and those types of things to work with, or even sort of dealing with builders, um, they've been asked what part of the industry are they from? And, you know, it's just so exciting that that's, you know, that's what's possible because I know you're clever, you're, you know, you're, you're tenacious, you're determined and you want great things for your future home. Um, and it's, it's, you know, if you're doing this for the first time, it's no wonder that it's overwhelming. It's a complex process. It gets, uh, you know, and a lot of information gets hidden within one-to-one relationships or behind closed doors, or you just get assumed that you won't understand it. So nobody bothers explaining it to you. And, you know, it's, it's so hard because so many times you don't know what you don't know and you don't find out about it until you're in the thick of it. And then you don't, it's only then that you realize you had other options to choose from because nobody bothered to tell you that they were there. So, you know, that's what I'm really trying to disrupt. I just want to help you feel like you can drive your project and that you have the tools and the knowledge and the resources and the support that you need to be able to make that happen. Okay. So the course lays out the steps for you to follow. They're steps that are proven and, and work. And I've implemented them in my own projects for a very long time. Um, there's a Facebook group where you can talk with other like-minded homeowners who are sharing a similar journey to you. You can access the live monthly Q&A sessions. There's a library of tips and strategies, key tools and resources. I've crammed so much in there to help you um, and to save you time, money and stress in your project and, you know, to really make your project happen as simply and as smoothly as possible. So head to undercoverarchitect.com forward slash how to get it right so that you can learn more about what's included in the how to get it right course and you can join us now. As always, thank you so much for listening to the Get It Right podcast with Undercover Architect and for letting me be your secret ally. It is a true privilege to be sharing this journey with you. Until next time, bye. Bye.